we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. All righty, what is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast, where we are here to preview the final regular season weekend of college baseball season. Joined here by Dimitri, and our plan for the show is pretty fun, actually. We have we're gonna do a quick little midweek recap of uh games like UNC versus Coastal Carolina, Campbell versus East Carolina, Charlotte versus South Carolina. We're gonna stick here in the Carolinas for our midweek recap. But then after that, we'll talk about our regional projections that we posted yesterday to social media. Kind of talk about teams that we were, you know, fighting with, whether they're they're uh at-large team in the tournament, out of the tournament. Uh, we'll talk about our 16 our top 16 seeds and a regional host there and um, then after that we'll go conference by conference today and just talk about the conference standing situations what teams need to do to clinch in winning the regular season uh, things like that so that's the other and then at the very end we'll do our weekend series pick them with our six series here today Um, just to preview our six series Kent State at Ball State Samford at Mercer, Duke at Miami, Arkansas at Vanderbilt, Tennessee at South Carolina, and West Virginia at Texas. So we'll be making our picks there. Um, but before we start all of that, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors, Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. Uh, they've been a very good sponsor of ours our, all year, and they're giving away a trip to the uh, the two winners of our Survivor Contest and our weekend series pick'em contest, which we'll know the winners by Sunday night. Excited about that. And, um, you know, we'll be spending three days, three nights in Vegas with the winners. So that'll be a good time during the College World Series there. Uh, and then Yakertech, who's been sponsoring our mid-major power rankings all year. Plus, we're going to do some stuff with them uh, this summer with the Cape Cod League. 
excited about that partnership moving forward as well. Um, so you guys go check out Yacker Tech and Circus Sportsbook um, for your needs there. All right, let's start off the show giving a shout out to Scott Barry, Dimitri. He just said that he is retiring at the end of the season. 14 seasons with Southern Miss's baseball program um, has kept them a winning program. We've seen them host regionals. We've seen them, uh, you know, dominate during the regular season. He's probably one of the most likable coaches in all of college baseball. Um, it, I've, I've had the privilege to talk to him because my little brother was a, um, a baseball manager for him for, for two years and went and visited him one time. Super down-to-earth guy, um, not a bad bone in his body, and uh, he's a baseball lifer. He's just always been around the game. So uh, it was sad to see that he's retiring, but maybe now, maybe Southern Miss is the team of destiny. Can't you just kind of picture that, Dimitri? Are you are you giving them the Mike Martin um, treatment here, Mike yeah, Martin? Yeah, for sure. I mean, hey, if, that's a lot to play for. A lot of magic in those in those games now. So Scott Barry, first year, by the way, shout out to him on a fantastic career. Congratulations to him on making a decision that he, I'm assuming he is ultimately happy with. And he finally, like he was able to coach until the day he was like, I'm ready to be done. So it was right. on his terms. That's awesome. That's one of the cool things about being at a, and don't, don't shoot me here calling them a mid-major, but at a mid-major school, you have a little more leeway sometimes. Like you can have a bad season and not feel so much pressure. Like if you're at a big school, they just demand greatness every year. And the moment you have a bad year, some people are going to start calling for your job. At a small school, you have a little more leeway. A little yeah, more. I've never, never remembered seeing anybody ever call for his job at Southern. No, Miss. no. Like I don't think he really ever had a, a losing season. Nope. So 2010 was his first year. He never had a losing se season at Southern Miss. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight regionals and one super regional appearance in his 14 years. And yeah. he had a winning record every single year. And he was an assistant coach on that 2009 team that went to Omaha. So he took over um, right after they went to Omaha. And so it's like kind of, I mean, it might mirror the situation. You know, last season for the longtime head coach before him, they go to Omaha. Last season for him here, I, I literally can like, – I, I want to bet on them to make it to Omaha this year because of that. I, I can hey, just see it. The players will definitely have a little more, uh, a little more giddy up to like, yeah. hey, let's 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 send the dude out right. Uh, so, yeah, hey, awesome, fantastic career. I mean, eight regional in fourteen years is really good. His worst record was thirty and twenty-seven in twenty thirteen. Wow. Well, and then in the 2020 season, that was one of their better teams as well. Uh, that was cut short. I mean, they had they they had a lot of talent on that team. So 2020 could have been a big year for them as well before it got shut down because of COVID. Um, would you? I would. I think 2022 season was his most successful season at Southern Miss. Obviously, I think seven, 17 was good too, though. But they didn't make it to that. I mean, they they went 50 and 16 in 2017, but they yeah. just didn't make a super. Right, yeah. Last year they made a super and lost to the uh, the ended up winning the World Series in Ole Miss. So it's a tough break. Nobody was beating Ole Miss. Like, yeah. Uh, so that's got to make you feel so a little better. 
I still think about this. This is off topic with Scott Barry, but Ole Miss and any other regional, they they could very easily not be the national champion. Yeah, I mean, that's I a mean, good way it, to put it. It's stupid to say it that way, but it is. It's just crazy to think about. So, um, speaking of regionals here, let's move over to our regional projections, which we posted on Twitter and Instagram. We haven't had a chance to talk about our reasoning or anything, but um, it was tough. It, and usually, when it's tough, it's like it's tough because of like seeding purposes. Like you want to make sure that um, you know you have the right yeah, two seeds, three seeds, etc. This one was tough because it was hard to find sixty-four teams. We had to like to the last five in. We were making more cases for them not to be in the tournament than to be in the tournament. Teams like Georgia Tech and NC State. Um, who else? Oh, who else were some of the? I don't have the USC. last five. Right, USC was another one. So it was like hard to get to the field of sixty-four this time because like RPI was just not really matching up with uh, you know conference records or uh, like big wins, big series wins. Like things weren't quite matching up, but like we just have to go off of what the committee has done in the past, and that's heavy emphasis on on RPI. So uh, the the sixteen regional hosts were tough too, because other than like Wake Forest, two through really like two through six were like yeah two through six like could be in really any order, and then like seven through sixteen. It was like, yeah, you can make a case for all of them. And then picking 15 and 16 was tough. We ended up going with Oklahoma State and Dallas Baptist, but there's a lot of reasons to go with different teams too, other than. So kind of tell me about, talk to us, Dimitri, about like your thoughts with this regional projection. It was pretty, I mean, there was not a lot of backlash. There was a lot of positive reinforcement from people on social media, which was surprising, but. um, (laughs) Extremely surprising. (laughs) It's uh, it's something that obviously we still have a lot of ball to be played, even though there's only one weekend left. We got this weekend for teams to make statements, plus conference tournaments, plus stolen bids. It, it's going to be interesting this year. So let's 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 break this down. Let's break these sixteen down into groups of four. So like our first four: Wake Forest, Arkansas, Florida, LSU. If I'm Wake Forest, I don't want them to be number one, as we all know. The number one overall national seed had not won the College World Series since 1999. The Miami Hurricanes were the last to do it. Um, just anybody that was curious. Uh, but they're, they're the best team in the country right now. I mean, whether you think they're the most talented, best team on the field, who knows. But resume-wide, they're the best team. You by far. It's by far, yeah, <laughs> in, my, in my opinion. Like, you can't deny that. Like, they're the best team. They've won all their games. They destroyed the ACC, which, by the way, I will be the first to say I was wrong. I said Wake Forest wasn't going to be able to do it. They didn't know how to consistently win all year. I was extremely wrong. <laughs> this team blew my expectations out of the water. I was so wrong. It, so This Wake Forest team is very similar to last year's Tennessee team. They just dominated through the no, whole. No, they're no, they're 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 not as flashy. They're no. What I'm saying as far as like like dominance. Yeah, conference record goes, regular season record, starting rotation, uh, power in the lineup. They have it all. 
they yeah, I will agree in that aspect. They do have a very similar build in terms of offensive power and just dudes on the mound. So, yeah, absolutely. But, hey, Wake did what Tennessee couldn't. They won every series all year. Every single series. So, um, that's, a no, that's a slam dunk one. Arkansas, well, I wouldn't say every single series. There's still one series left. Who do they have this weekend? I think they have. I think they have. It's somebody on the bubble. They have Virginia Tech at home. Yeah, it's Virginia Tech. It was, I knew it was somebody on the bubble. So yeah, that, that's a hungry. That's going to be a hungry Virginia Tech team. So anyway, Arkansas. <laughs> honestly, got to be impressed with Arkansas. They came out. I don't want to say they came out of nowhere, but they are the team that was on nobody's radar, and they are just kind of like, "Hello, we're here at the top of the SEC." Yeah, and and you know what? Everybody in the SEC, and I'm hating on Ellis, or sorry, hating on SEC fans real quick. Everybody is the first to blame, like, oh, injuries, injuries. We 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 can't we're not winning games because of injuries. That never stopped Arkansas, who had just as many injuries as a lot of teams. Um, and yeah, you look at the SEC standings, they're in first place. Uh they they they've played great all year, and they're not flashy. They don't have somebody that's going to hit 25 homers this year. They don't have somebody that's going to steal 30 bags. Like they are just a, a deep lineup and one through nine can just put a ball in the gap and, and, and score two runs. So, Hey, this is a perfect example of why some schools will just drop back up the Brinks truck to go get their head coach, go get their guy. Mm-hmm. The difference between Dave Van Horn at Arkansas and Mark Kingston of South Carolina is literally black and white. Yes. Van Horn pushes the right button. He makes his personnel changes. He figures out his pitching step, and he does it. He does it every time. He figures it out. Kingston, on the other hand, they had injuries that pitching step, couldn't figure out the right formula on, on the fly. Like, he couldn't mm-hmm. figure out what to do next. And now you're seeing the product of that. South Carolina is crumbling. Yeah. No, and, and South Carolina yesterday um, against Charlotte, they they showed more fight than, than they have. Um, but as far as, like, bullpen goes, as far as, like, uh, at-bats go, there was just so many, like, moments that they just let slip away from them, which good teams don't do. So, yeah, South Carolina is a team that really needs to find their identity. And I know they're getting some of their players back uh, from injury, but still. Before we get there, that's, to me, that's the difference between a great head coach and an average head coach. Mm-hmm. No, what, I agree. What Dan Horn does with his team and what Kingston did with his team. They both had injuries. I don't know exactly to the exact extent how many innings they lost, how many you know weekend starters they lost, but relatively speaking, it's pretty similar. Right. And, and so – like Clemson's another good example. We have them at the five seed here. Um, but Eric Backage, another just head coach, like you go get your guy. And he does it every single year where his players get better throughout the year. And he finds a way to get the best nine guys in the lineup and and finds a way to mix and match the, the, the pitching pieces. He did it at Michigan. He found his three pitchers that he wants to just have them carry this to the pitching staff during the weekend. And then he plugs in the guys in certain situations. And he's done the exact same thing at Clemson. And this is a team that looks light years ahead of what they looked like in the first few weeks of the season, just because they've gotten and even better. then, 
even then, they played a South Carolina team who was playing really well for the first two and a half, three months, I mean, three months of the year. And Clemson was very close to taking that series. So yeah. Clemson showed like, hey, they, they're pretty good, but we just didn't realize how good South Carolina was. So looking back on it, I'm like, hey, that's not a terrible series loss to Clemson. South Carolina was just that good. Yeah, back then they were that good. Um, um, so then, then we... Oh, go ahead. Now we stick through this, the finish off the second group of four, five through eight is Clemson, Vanderbilt, Coastal Carolina, and Kentucky. Um, the I mean, I think Vanderbilt is in a great – that's where they belong. and They're in a national seed. Um, Clemson as well. But seven and eight is interesting. Coastal, I think after last night, they just win games against whoever is in front of them. They don't really, like, let games slip away. They don't – Right, they don't fail to ride to the occasion, even if they lose, they still play a good game so, for the right. most part. So, I think that's a national seed team for now, right? I think if you win the Sun Belt, you should deserve like national seed consideration just because of how deep that conference is. Like, it's a week in, week out thing where, other than like the bottom three teams, everybody else is around 500 or above 500. So, with and, and they finish up against Marshall. So, if they sweep Marshall this weekend. Uh, then they will, even if Southern Miss sweeps, like they will win the Sun Belt due to the head-to-head they have when they beat the crap out of Southern Miss earlier in the year. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think Coastal deserves a national seed because of that and the midweek wins that they got hey, throughout the year. Coastal, Coastal's got the number two overall non-conference strength of schedule. So take away Sun Belt play. Because plenty of teams play like shit out of conference and just play really good in conference. Coastal yeah. didn't do that. They played really well in and out of conference with the number two non-conference strength of schedule because they won 30, they're 134 games. And number eight overall strength of schedule with nine quad one win. This is a dangerous team. This is a team that deserves to get all the respect that comes their way. Right. Um, and then we, we were kind of getting a little bit of flack from, from people – on social media about Kentucky being a national seed, which is understandable when you don't look at like the deep analytics, when you just look at like conference record, maybe overall record and stuff like that. Um, but Kentucky, you know, sitting at number one in the RPI, like number two strength to schedule in the country with how many quad one wins do they have? They are first in the country. They are the only team in the country with 20 quad one wins. And that's that's unbelievable. That's something you barely see. Like maybe once every couple years, you'll see 20 in the regular season. So, uh, and they have a chance to add to that this weekend as well. But anytime you have your number one in the RPI, number two strength to schedule, 20 quad one wins, the committee is going to reward you with a national seed. It, it's, they, they want teams to do what Kentucky is doing and not go and play these weak non conference schedules um, and, and things like that. Hey, number one strength of schedule, and you get the 35 win with the number one strength of schedule. And 20 quad one win, get a dude. That's the national seed. That is a top eight resume in the country. No if, and, or but. Yeah. I mean, if you put Kentucky in Conference USA or the Sun Belt or the Big West or Pac 12, uh, even the Big 12, I think they win all of those conferences. Yeah. I mean, they lost first game of the year to Elon, and then they won two out of three there. They won two out of three against Rice State. And these aren't just like slouchy, nobody cupcake schedule team. These are good mid-major teams. 
Yeah. Then they swept Indiana State. And then they swept Southern Illinois. Like, that was their non-conference schedule. Did they get a little bit lucky that all these teams were good this year? Sure. But at the end of the day, they won the game. So, yeah. Elon Wright State, Indiana State, and Southern Illinois is not a is not a cupcake out of conference schedule by any means. Yeah, not at all. Uh, and then let's do the next set of four here. We have uh, Stanford at nine, West Virginia ten, Duke eleven, and South Carolina twelve. Uh, now Duke and South Carolina both lost their midweeks yesterday. Duke got smacked by Gardner Webb. I think Duke might have peaked too early because late, like middle of April to beginning of may they were as hot as anybody in the country they were winning like statement series back to back to back and uh and now they're kind of cooling off a little bit yeah they went through a stretch where they they went through a stretch where they won a straight including boston college sweeping louisville midweek win against campbell and a win against virginia so they won nine out of their nine out of ten games in that stretch between middle of april to end of april and they included Louisville, Virginia, Campbell, and Boston College. And then here we are. They lost the game to Ryder last week, uh, last Tuesday, lost two out of three to Georgia Tech, and then lost to Gardner-Webb. And now they have to go on the road to Miami, a place yeah. that's not easy to win. So Right. I could see Duke falling out of the hosting picture pretty easily because, one, like I said, they peaked too early. Two, like they don't really have, at least to my knowledge, a plan to host a regional because the Durham Bulls are in town, so you can't host it there. Their stadium is not big enough at all to host a regional. Um, so they would have to find, like, another minor league park in the area, which they might not want to put the – uh, Duke feels not – Duke can't, uh, state home ballpark is not big enough? Oh, my God, no. It looks like Mercer's old stadium. It looks hey, like Mercer's you know, old stadium. Do, do you know why they don't play there that much? I don't. I, I don't know the reasoning. I'm sure they have an agreement with Durham Bulls, and they they would rather just play there. Oh my god! So Duke's field is literally. It might seat a thousand people, maybe. Dude, it's it it it, it not even Mercer's ballpark is nicer than Duke's by far, by far. Jack Coons Field. Literally has a little grandstand with a cover behind home plate, and that's it. I never realized it was this. It was this. I don't want to say bad because it's not bad, but it's just like tiny. Yeah, I mean, compared to other ACC teams and teams in the Carolinas, it, it's it's pretty bad. Why? I want to know why they play Durham Bowl. Why do they not build their own ballpark? I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I'll have to. Do some research there. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some listeners out there because we get hey, a ton. Somebody, of- please, please let us know. I have yeah. no. I, I mean, I'll do my research too. But that's interesting. Yeah. So I think this weekend Duke versus Miami is going to end up being a winner host loser travel. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I like I like Miami a lot this weekend. Spoiler alert. But um, yeah. anyway, so yeah, I could see Duke falling out of the hosting picture pretty quickly, which would open up a spot for a. Southern Miss or for a Tennessee, Oregon State, um, a, a team like that. But anyways, um, going back to like Stanford and West Virginia at 9 and 10, I could see the committee giving both of them a national seed for winning the, the Pac-12 and the Big uh, Big 12. I could see but that who, happening. 
I mean, the only team that can think I can picture that happening, them replacing like Big Twelve champion could replace like you can West Virginia can replace Clemson maybe because Clemson didn't win the ACC or I mean, what is Clemson the ACC standing? They've got to be um, Clemson's second overall in the ACC standing. So the number two ACC team typically is a national seed usually. Yeah, no, I would. I I could see them more replacing a, a Vanderbilt, a Kentucky, or a Coastal. Depending uh, it'd be, on, it'd be hard. It'd be hard to convince me that Vandy won't get a national seed. Depending, obviously, how the next ten days go, but maybe I think it would be more so. If Kentucky, if Kentucky loses that series this weekend, they might they might make an argument for it. But yeah. I think I think the. Big 12 was kind of weak this year. Yeah, it was weaker, but it was a little deeper. I mean, even Kansas wasn't bad this year. Kansas got some yeah, wins. It, was, it wasn't as top heavy as we typically are. We we're used to seeing with you know Texas Tech and Texas and um, yeah, stuff TCU. like that. Oklahoma State was good this year, but not unbelievable. So yeah, maybe Pac-12 champion. I think the Pac-12 was sneaky. Sneaky better than usual. In oh, terms yeah. Of like I agree. And deeper as well. Like not so top heavy, but deeper. So that's why, I mean, teams like UCLA just couldn't survive it because the, the middle of the pack team were better than they usually are. So UCLA couldn't mm-hmm. steal wins. I'll tell you a team that, like, here, here's another spoiler alert. Here's a team in the Pac-12 that I think could make a deep run in the postseason, and that's Washington. I was looking at this Washington team. Uh, kind of doing a deep dive. I I love like Jason Kelly, the head coach there. He just came over from LSU. He was the pitching coach there for a long time, and so he took over a Washington team. These dudes can hit and they can pitch. I think they're like one of those sleeper teams that's going to be a two seed that might end up in Omaha. Uh, I dude, if if you're a gambler out there, like maybe throw some money on them. I think they're 150 to one or something like like that right now. To win the whole thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, now that we're already on it, but last week in April, they swept USC and then they kicked off May with a two out of three against Washington State and then swept Oregon last weekend with Cal this weekend. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're playing really well for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Stanford, I think it's right on the cusp of the national seed. West Virginia is right there. Um, and then that last team at 12 is South Carolina, who will who is on the going in the wrong direction, just like Duke. Right. I think if South Carolina loses the series at home to Tennessee this weekend, I, as much as I hate to say it, like they might lose a hosting picture there. Yep. Tennessee, South Carolina, just like Duke and Miami, could be a winner host loser travel scenario as well. Right. So, who really, I mean, you might as well consider those series as postseason series. Yeah. For sure. Um, and then 13 through 16, we have Virginia at 13, Miami 14, Stillwater 15 for Oklahoma State, and then Dallas Baptist 16. This was kind of like, I mean, 13 and 14, I really like Virginia and Miami. I think they've done plenty to host a regional. I think they're pretty safe as long as they win this weekend. But like Oklahoma State and Dallas Baptist, we kind of had to – really look at like we had to look at about seven teams here to fill these last two spots and 
with Dallas Baptist RPI being, I think, 11 points higher than Southern Miss, even though Southern Miss swept them this year, like that is a pretty big difference there. And Dallas Baptist is dominating their conference. So a good one, too. Yeah. And geographically, it kind of fit better a little bit like, you know, Dallas is a huge hub for airports and everything. Teams can just fly directly into rather than flying and then taking a bus for two hours. So we, we gave the benefit of a doubt, just trying to think like the committee and, and gave them the 16 seed. And then Oklahoma State, second place in the Big 12, very nice facilities. Also could be considered a, a Western a Western, Western-ish. Uh, if we Western-ish. Stretch, we stretch yeah. the uh, the thing a little bit. We can squeeze Oklahoma State into the Western half, right? I mean, so, college baseball is basically the East Coast, the Southeast, and then the rest of the country. I mean, right. that's essentially what it is. So the West Coast is Texas and all the way to the Pacific Ocean. Exactly. So that's why we got Oklahoma State and Dallas Baptist there. Now there's there's a ton of teams that are kind of fighting for these last few spots. Uh, Oregon State, Tennessee, even like Alabama. Like if if Alabama or Auburn sweeps and then does damage in the SEC tournament. Indiana. uh, Hey, I think if Indiana wins the Big Ten regular season title, and maybe let's just say they make it to the Big Big Ten championship game, they're going to be a team that might be considered for a hosting picture because usually the Big Ten teams are always right on the cusp of hosting. Their their RPIs are never super high. But winning the Big Ten and 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 still winning some quad one games, that'll usually get them in the conversation for sure. So yeah, Indiana, Oregon State, Southern Miss, Tennessee, and East Carolina. I don't want to say they're dead yet. They still have a chance, but they've got to really play well in that uh, American Athletic Tournament. So yeah, yeah Campbell. Hey, Campbell helped their their chances a lot yesterday, winning that game at Campbell. ECU. Campbell's still in the picture. Like it's a very good possibility. I would I would go on to say that Campbell should host before East Carolina. I think we both can agree on that. Most people can. Yeah, as of right now, for sure. Um, I mean, they swept they swept East Carolina. They what do they have? They swept East Carolina non conference game. They split. No, they lost two out of three to Coastal, but they did get one against Coastal. Um, so this team, I mean, they weren't the greatest. Midweek, I mean, they got a win, yeah, win over North Carolina, win over Wilmington, win over Elon. So this Campbell team did everything they could to put them in the conversation. I think yeah. they should get a serious look. And and another team that I think is going to get a serious look just because of geographic reasons is Boston College. Um, it would be good for college baseball to have a Northeastern team hosting. Um, last year was Maryland, who definitely deserved it. But Boston College, if they finish strong, they win the series this weekend, and and then they win a few games or a couple games in uh, in the ACC tournament. Like they're going to probably host just because of the committee wanting these regionals spread out rather than just the the North Carolina South Carolina area. Yeah. Hey, by the way, the committee loves rewarding teams for hard schedule. Campbell's oh, yeah. got the number nine non conference strength of schedule and number four non conference RPI. That is really going to play. They might have a chance because the committee does it every year. They always bring up non-conference during the schedule and how difficult the team's schedule is, and they reward teams that put good teams on their schedule. So Campbell's got that going for them. I, I would be super happy for them if they uh, got a hosting bid, but hey, you know it. 
the odds are not in their favor ever. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, so let's talk about now some bubble teams here because, like I mentioned earlier, we had to find really the last five teams. Like We had to stretch some things out and build some cases for teams. And, I mean, it ended up being – we ended up having to put NC State in there even though they're 10 and 16 in, in ACC play we had to kind of paint a picture and say, okay, if they sweep pit this weekend, they will be 13 and 16 and get a, win. get a win or two in the ACC tournament. Uh, like they should get in then with, with their RPI being in the mid twenties, it, it would just be hard to leave a team out, but the committee has screwed. Well, college baseball in general has screwed NC state over the last two years. And like, uh, maybe this oh is the year God, they catch dude. a break. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, but don't forget, the bubble is not going to be this big when we get to Selection Monday. There's going to be so many teams in that top 30, top 40 range that are not going to win their conference tournament that somebody else is going to get the bid. Yeah. And then they're going to take a bid away from the other team. So there's not going to be that much room. We're not going to have to worry about squeezing, you know, Georgia Tech in there, NC State, Texas State. There's going to be less. There's going to be a, just maybe three spots left for these teams. So maybe three of those five will have a shot. Right. Yeah. If you if if Campbell doesn't win their conference tournament, that's a stolen bid. If Indiana State doesn't win their conference tournament, that's a stolen bid. If anybody but Dallas Baptist wins the college or the conference USA, that's a stolen bid. Same thing with like the Sun Belt. If Coastal or Southern Miss or maybe Texas State or Troy, I, I don't know. I mean, if somebody like different than that, then that's probably a stolen bid. Because you're not going to replace these teams. If a team like FAU or UTSA win the Conference USA, DBU will take a, take a bid. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with UConn in the Big East. They don't win yeah. the tournament. Somebody takes a bid. So yeah, I mean that's a lot of a lot of things that have to happen for for NC State, USC, TCU, Georgia Tech to be, to feel better. Yeah. The uh, I actually kind of like stolen bids because then you see some of these four seeds become three seeds, and it's yep. it's really funny. You would see a team like Army or Oral Roberts or Kent State be a three seed, and you're like, oh, okay, like that's kind of cool. Oral Roberts, I don't know what to think of them. They've won, they've lost one conference game all year. Yes, it's the Summit, which is booty butt cheeks, but that team. That team, if there's one team on the other side of the dugout that I'm, like, scared of, it's, it's Oklahoma State. Oral Roberts owns Oklahoma State for whatever yeah. reason it is. Whatever reason it is, they they give them problems. So they they don't want them in Stillwater. If you're Oklahoma State, you're like, please send them somewhere else. Yeah, please send them anywhere else but here. I agree with that. Um, hey, last five out. Last five out real quick. Um I'm going to name a team and you just tell me. Okay. Xavier. I mean, what do you think? So I wanted to put Xavier in our projections, but what are they? Three and 13 against quad one teams. Exactly. Like, that's exactly what they are. Yeah. And and so like, if they could have just got one win at Oregon or won the series against UC Santa Barbara, or just like have something on their resume that pops off and you're like, Oh, they are a good team. But losing series and getting swept against big teams, it like it doesn't put you in a case to be in the tournament because the committee can't say, "Oh, this team could win the College World Series." Or like this team could 
make it to a super regional. It's like, ah, well, we would rather put a team like NC State that has talent and, yeah. and has shown that they can win big series. We would rather put them in. But I'm not eliminating Xavier yet. They had a big win against Michigan yesterday. Like, if, if like maybe their RPI is like, all right, it's, it's good enough. 44, it's 44, which is very extremely dangerous territory. I yeah, mean, I remember when we were at Mercer. If we were in the forty, we were not. We were not confident we were ever getting in. Yeah, you got to be in the thirties to feel safe. Right, right. So, um, and okay, these two SEC teams, Georgia and Missouri, we put them last five out because I think they're a series win away from in a decent running Hoover from getting in. So, what do you think? Uh, to. They, if Georgia sweeps LSU, that'll put them at 13 and 17, right? Yep. Like, you, you, for Georgia, you have to sweep LSU. I, even if you win two out of three, 12 and 18 doesn't do it for me. And then Missouri. If they sweep at Auburn, that might get them in the tournament. 13 and 17. If they like, sweep Auburn, they're getting in. Yeah, I think so too. But even winning two out of three, 12 and 18, the SEC, they've been swept a whole bunch. It, it, I don't think they're. I don't think that'll be good enough unless they maybe end up in the SEC you championship. Got it. You've got to win the for both teams. Win the two final series. Win that play-in game in Hoover. And then you know, get a win, double elimination. They'll 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 they might be okay. But you've got to get at least three more SEC wins between this weekend and Hoover. At I agree. Least. At least three. And you know what? I so, would like to see Georgia, and I would like to see Missouri make it into the regionals because I do think they're good teams, and like they won't be in a different SEC regional. So they they'll be playing against ACC teams or Big Big Twelve, Big Ten, Pac twelve, uh you know, Sunbelt, like they would be somewhere in there. And I think they can hang with most of those teams. I mean, this Georgia team took a series from Kentucky, played Florida pretty well. I mean, if you remember that Auburn series, they blew literally the lead twice. Oh, Georgia's blown so many leads this year. They should have taken it. They blew the lead against South Carolina. Um, they, I mean, this team – also swept Arkansas at home. Like, you don't just sweep Arkansas and not be a very good team. Yeah. So, um, then they they blew a lead against Ole Miss. Or, no, they, they, they was just a late – they couldn't hold the lead against Ole mm-hmm. Miss. That's what it was. Um, the thing that's, like, hurting – the thing that's hurting Georgia and Missouri is Ole Miss got into the tournament last year. And so they got into the tournament when nobody thought that they would, and they were 14 and 16. An SEC play regular season. Ole Miss with oh 14 and 16. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like you you got to get at least 13, maybe 14 SEC wins. Um, but I mean, yeah, man. I mean, Georgia has a series win over Tennessee. They have a series win. Of, they have a series win over Arkansas. Series win over Kentucky. So like, those are some of the top teams in the country. Getting swept at Missouri literally might have been the nail in the coffin for them because LSU yeah. is not not what you want to have coming to town with needing to win. Right. So I mean, dude, how do you how do you get swept by Missouri? man? 
It, but hey, if you had to pick one, let's say there's one spot left for Georgia Missouri, who would you take? I would give it to. I would give it to Missouri. They swept Georgia. But Missouri, I mean Missouri. Okay, they swept Tennessee that first weekend, pretty yeah. big. Got swept by South Carolina, got swept by Kentucky, lost two out of three to Vandy, lost two out of three to AM, got swept by Alabama, got swept by Florida. That Georgia series single handedly changed everything for them because Georgia actually has been more consistent all year. Missouri, but Missouri pitching was hurt too. Yeah. We talked about that earlier. And they're kind of coming back. I mean, they back to back series wins against Ole Miss and Georgia. So I think. That's, that's interesting because Georgia consistently has been better all year, but Missouri beat them head to head. So it's really interesting how the committee, if they're in a situation where they got to take one, who mm-hmm. they who they would take. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I just don't think either one of them will have enough to get into the tournament. It, it sucks, but just kind of you got to win more yeah. conference games. But anyways, so. um, speaking of conference games. Let's just go conference by conference real quick and just talk about regular season champions, like what each team needs to do. Um, we'll start Let's with the it. A's. Wait, go ahead. What are we gonna say? I've got every. I've got it pulled up. A's, yeah. So A's, A's, A's. Wake Forest already clinched the ACC regular season. Um, Twenty and six in conference, forty three and eight over overall. Uh, but if you look at the Coastal Division, who would get the two seed in the ACC tournament? There's four teams within a game. You got Virginia and Miami tied, and then you have Duke half a game out, and North Carolina just one game out. And, you know, that's something to keep an eye on this weekend. Like, Duke and Miami play against each other. North Carolina plays Clemson. And And then then, Virginia plays that Georgia Tech. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that shapes up, but – um, let's well, you can to- eliminate. You can basically eliminate Miami or Duke. You can eliminate. Essentially, you can eliminate North Carolina because one of Miami or Duke is going to win two out of three. So, North Carolina would have to sweep to pass Miami or Duke because yeah. guaranteed one of those teams is going to get two wins. And then Virginia, they've got to play one game better than. And I don't see. So, I mean, essentially, I think the winner of Miami and Duke. Mm. Virginia no, I can see three to win. They win the coastal, but we already yeah. it doesn't matter. Wake Forest got the one seed, right? Um, the American East now we have Maine in first place, a game and a half over uh, UMBC, uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. The um, like Maine has Bryant this weekend. Yeah, Maine has Bryant, and then UMBC has um, I think somebody really bad like Albany. But let me check. UMBC oh, the, no, has, they're done. They're yeah, done. Mine. Yeah, so they're done in conference. So basically, yeah, so, as long as Maine wins one game. Oh, yeah. Win. Maine wins one game, they win. And I think UMBC has the tiebreaker in case Maine gets swept. Or do they not play each other? They might not have played yeah. each other this year. Yeah, they haven't played. So basically, don't get swept, Maine. Magic number one. Uh, for the American Conference, this one's interesting because Houston has the tiebreaker over East Carolina, but the tiebreaker won't matter because they're only a half a game ahead of ECU. 
So they just have to match what ECU does this weekend. Um, Houston at 15 and five, East Carolina 15 and six. Houston. Yep, just match. Basically, just match whatever East Carolina does, and then they win the AAC. Yeah, Houston's at home against Cincinnati. And then East Carolina, I believe, is at USF. Yeah, they're at USF, which I. They're both decent teams, like USF and Cincy, but I don't know. I think I think USF can play really well. Yeah, I. I I mean, you probably I. I I would have to roll with Houston here, getting two out of three, and East Carolina getting two out of three, and Houston winning the regular season title. Yeah. Um, for the A Sun, Lipscomb actually went ahead of Florida Gulf Coast. So Lipscomb at twenty and seven, and Florida Gulf Coast at nineteen and eight. So Lipscomb does have Jacksonville State this weekend. I don't see them sweeping Jacksonville State. Yeah, Jacksonville State's eighteen and nine, only two games out. So in theory, like Jacksonville State could win the A Sun if they swept Lipscomb. Yeah, but then that would yeah that would mean. But Florida Gulf Coast, I think, has – let me see. Gulf Coast has – they have the tiebreaker over Jacksonville State. So Jacksonville State would have to sweep and Gulf Coast lose the series. Yeah. Who does and Gulf then, Coast have this know, weekend? What? Who does Gulf Coast have this weekend? They play um, Kennesaw State. Okay. Who's not bad. So who Who is way down the bottom of the standing. So – Essentially, Lipscomb's magic number is two. Yep. And then for the Atlantic 10 Conference, Davidson has a half a game lead over St. Joseph's, who St. Joe's has been really hot like the last half of the season. 15 and six for St. Joe's, 15 and five for Davidson. And let's see. So St. Joe's has at George Mason, which is tough. Davidson has. Um, at Richmond. Richmond, who's like pretty below average. I don't know. I mean, the regular season doesn't mean as much other than just conference tournament seedings, but you still get but a it's ring. Also for, a, it's also a title. Still, yeah. it, the boys still get a ring, so it, it means a lot. I still think it means a lot. Yeah, um, so Davidson and St. Joe's are battling it out there for the A-10. For the Big 12. I, I, I think I think it's Davidson – yeah, Davidson just has to match St. Joseph. Yeah. Um, Big 12, West Virginia's magic number is one. If if West Virginia can just win one game at Texas this weekend, they'll win the Big 12. But I guess Texas is still alive if they swept West Virginia and then got some help and had Oklahoma State lose the series. Let me if- see here. If Texas sweeps West Virginia and Oklahoma State loses the series, Texas will win the Big Twelve. Could they have no, the tiebreaker? They no, have Oklahoma tiebreaker. State. Oklahoma State has a tiebreaker over Texas. No, they don't. Texas. Yeah, they do. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Texas lost to them. That's right. They blew the game. They blew it on Sunday. Yep. So if you're Oklahoma State, you're you're hoping for West Virginia to get swept, and then you win two out of three at Oklahoma. Texas is hoping that. They sweep West Virginia and Oklahoma State gets swept against Oklahoma. But for the most part, I mean, pretty confident West Virginia is going to win the regular season Big 12. Yep, magic number is one Yep, for West Virginia. Big East, we have UConn at 13-4 and four and then Xavier at 13-5. Uh, and five. So UConn has a half-game lead over Xavier. 
Um, I know Xavier just swept um, Creighton recently, and then Who? won two out of three against St. Joe's. Who are you talking so, about? Xavier. So Xavier has oh, yeah. Georgetown. UConn is on the road at Creighton this weekend. So wow. Xavier is still very much alive. Very much alive. If so, Xavier has Georgetown, which is like an average team at best. They're one fifty-seven RPI, so almost halfway. Um, and then, but Creighton's pretty solid. Creighton. If Xavier sweeps and UConn loses one, Xavier wins the Big East. Yeah, that's kind of wild. And then the Big so South. Magic number is what three essentially? Yeah, it is three. And when we say so, for the listeners at home, like if you don't know what magic number means, it just means a combination of your wins and your opponent's losses. So if UConn wins one and um, and Xavier win or loses two, that'll be three. So that's your magic number to win. If if UConn wins three, then that combination it doesn't matter what Xavier does. the The magic number is kind of a cool way to think of it. So that's why we're that's why we're talking about it here. And uh, moving on to the Big South, we have Campbell two-game lead over South Carolina Upstate, which is cool because they play against each other this weekend, right? Yep. So if USC Upstate sweeps Campbell, they would win the Big South. Yep. Campbell's magic number is one. Yep. And then the Big Ten is super interesting because there are six teams within two games you have Indiana and Maryland tied at, tied for first. Iowa, a game and a half back. And then you have Rutgers, Nebraska, and Michigan, two games back. Um, I don't want to spend the time to look at what each team has left, like who they're no. playing. Maryland just needs to do one better than Indiana. Yeah. And then Indiana just needs to do one better than Maryland. But Maryland does hold the tiebreaker there. So basically yep. Maryland just needs to match Indiana. Assuming yep. they both don't get swept. Team. Maryland's at Penn State. Indiana has um, Michigan State. So I like Maryland. I think Indiana will lose one in Michigan State, and Maryland should sweep Penn State. So yeah. um, Maryland should win the Big, big Ten. Right. Um, for the Big West, we have Cal State Fullerton, half a game over UC San Diego, a game ahead of UC Santa Barbara, two games ahead of Northridge. Um but now, thanks yeah. to our friend over at Cal State Omaha, the great Twitter account for Cal State Fullerton, he actually let me know that UC San Diego is not eligible for the postseason. So the Big West is a little bit different than most conferences. The Big West doesn't have a tournament. So they have two weekends left. They have this weekend and one more regular season. And then the regular season champion is the automatic qualifier. So last week we were thinking UC San Diego has a chance, a really good chance, to win the Big West and get that automatic qualifying spot, well, it doesn't matter because UC San Diego is ineligible due to moving up from Division Two. And if they win the Big West, then the automatic bid just goes to the second place team. And uh, yeah, but so Fullerton very much alive still. Yeah, Fullerton has a game lead over San, uh, Santa Barbara, two game lead over Northridge, but still six games to be played. Yeah, and so. uh, anything can happen there. The uh, the Colonial, the CAA, is tight, really tight. You have Northeastern and UNCW tied. Um, now, UNCW has the, the winning percentage 
680, but um, let's see here. They've played two less games than Northeastern. And then Elon a half a game back, Charleston a game back. So those four teams. Northeastern and Charleston play this weekend. So um, you can essentially say that one – I don't think anyone's going to get swept. So one is going to win two out of three. Elon has Hofstra. So if Elon sweeps – in Northeastern Charleston, don't sweep. They'll take. They'll jump them. And then UNC Wilmington. Who do they have this weekend? I think yeah. they have Stony. Yeah, William and Mary. So I would oh. say I would be safe to say UNC Wilmington will not sweep either. So Elon, is, for me right now, looks like the favorite to win that Colonial. Yeah, if they can go to twenty and nine. That would beat Northeastern being 20 and 10 because they've played one less game. Wow. So Elon's still like very much alive. Now, as far as like the at-large picture goes for the CAA, the only team that could really get an at-large bid here right now is Northeastern, unless one of these teams does some serious work um, like this last weekend and in the conference tournament. But yeah, Northeastern's at 33 RPI. Everybody else is in the 60s or 70s. Um. All right, Conference USA now. Dallas Baptist has already clinched. They swept UTSA. It's uh, over. So it's over. They have a three-and-a-half game lead. It's over. Congrats to the Patriots there. Horizon League, it's over. Wright State has a five-game lead over Northern Kentucky and Oakland. And then the Ivy League starts their conference tournament this weekend. And I their believe – Their little playoff. Yeah, it, it's Penn versus Columbia and Harvard versus Princeton, if I'm not mistaken. I think yeah, it's just so, it's just a semifinal. So wait, so am I right that Penn won the regular season title? Yes, Penn won the regular season title. Hey, put it on the board! Put it on the board! I yeah. got I got one of my regular season picks right. Um, by the way, after this, we'll go through them real quick and see, and we'll see um, how many we missed and hit or can still hit um, right after this. We'll run through that real quick. All right, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, Penn and Columbia played best two out of three. Harvard versus Princeton played best two out of three. And then next weekend will be the Ivy League Championship, which but is wait, two out of three as well. Because on the schedule, it says Ivy League Tournament Game 2, Penn versus Columbia. It doesn't say series. Well, isn't Harvard versus Princeton? Hold on. Ivy League. Yeah, yeah. It's just... uh... Did they change the conference tournament around? No, because their schedule said game one, Princeton, Harvard. I'm going to look it up on their actual website. I'm pretty sure it's best two out of three semifinal, best two out of three. That's what it's always been. Yeah, and that's what the Patriot League does too. But if they change it on us, that's crazy. Oh, nope. Nope. Friday, May 19th, Harvard versus Princeton, Penn versus Columbia. Saturday, May 20th, loser of game one, loser of game two. So um, it's a double, it's a single elimination four team tournament. No, d- so double, double elimination. Loser of game three. No, single elimination. It's a regional. That's a double elimination. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Whoa, that just went right over my head. I was like, what are you talking about? Um, 
Yeah, it is a regional format double elimination. Just basically. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. Yep. So, um, yeah, Sunday night or Sunday at three p.m. the winner championship game with the winner, uh, if necessary, game seven on Monday. So exactly the same as the regional. Let's go. That'll be fun to keep up with. Yep. Did you know that Penn Field is named after Tommy Lasorda? I didn't know that. I did not know that either. Tommy Lasorda Field at Michael John Stadium. Yeah, it, but if you – so here's something, a quick note about Penn. Like, they actually had a very successful season this year, 29-14 and 14 compared to Harvard, who was 19-22, and 22, Princeton 22-21, and 21, and Columbia 23-20. and 20. So, like, Penn – I know their RPI is sitting at 130, but they're going to be if they win this tournament and get the automatic qualifier, like they're going to be a dangerous team in the postseason. Yep. I think. All right. So, um, we got the MAAC, the MAC. The Canisius, Mac. So Canisius has a half a game lead over Ryder and Fairfield. Um, but let's see. Let's see who they have this. They've, week. Got, Mar- they've got Marist this weekend. Who's terrible? Yeah. Um, now Fairfield has Iona, who's really, really bad. So then, watch out man, for Fairfield. Ryder got Manhattan, who's also not. Uh, no, okay. Manhattan's pretty decent. Yeah, they're they're pretty decent. But yeah. you, you got to think Canisius will sweep Marist, who's fourteen and thirty-five this year. But if they don't, and Fairfield sweeps Iona, who's thirteen and thirty-five, then Fairfield would win it. Assuming that Ryder doesn't sweep Manhattan, which they probably will. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go here to the the Mac, the real Mac. Kent State two game lead over Ball State, and they play each other this weekend. Hey, guess who picked the Kent, the Golden Flashes to win the regular season title? You did, but I think I picked Ball State, and if they sweep Kent State, then I win. So it's still alive. State magic number is one. Yep. Missouri Valley, um, Indiana State, I believe, has locked it up. They have a three-game lead, but they do play at Missouri State this weekend. So in theory, if Missouri State sweeps Indiana State, then Missouri State – Magic number is one for Indiana State. Yeah, but wow, Indiana State 21-3 and in the Missouri Valley. That's that's crazy. Good for them. Yep. I think no, if yeah. I think if Indiana State sweeps Missouri State, Indiana State needs to be in that that hosting discussion. Dude, there, there, there's just there's just no way they have two quad one wins, and you and you cannot take a hosting spot from a team like Campbell over in favor of Indiana State. You just can't do it. Yeah, I mean that's probably true, but I don't know. If yeah. I was Indiana State, I would agree with that. If I was playing on Indiana State, I'd be like, "Yeah, man, we just haven't we just haven't beat enough good teams." I would I would agree that we didn't deserve to host. Yeah, getting swept by Kentucky and Northeastern hurts their chances a lot. Yep. Um, Mountain West. Mountain West. We have Air Force half a game lead over San Jose State and San Diego State, and then Fresno State only a game and a half back. So. Out of the hey, seven hear- teams in this conference, four of them are within a game and a half. You want to hear something funny? My preseason pick is in position to finish last. UNLV. <laughs> I picked them to win, and they're going to finish last. 
That is yeah. that is a swing and a miss. That is three that is three straight fastball. They got a nice swing and a miss at all three of them. Right, and that's who Air Force plays this weekend. So if Air Force can sweep UNLV, they'll clinch. Or if they win two out of three, and uh, they pretty much just have to match San Jose State and San Diego yep. State. Yep. Uh, Northeastern here we have so the Northeastern it's Conference over. it's over Central Connecticut State twenty three and four four games ahead of Wagner. Ohio Valley. This one's interesting because SEMO has lost seven straight games and they went from like leading the conference big time to half a game out of Little Rock. Arkansas Little Rock is in first place by half a game over Moorhead State. And they play each other this weekend. Yeah, they play each other. And then SEMO, so Moorhead State and SEMO are half a game out. um, And SEMO plays. They play, they play. Eastern, Eastern Illinois. Illinois. So, FEMO sweep Eastern Illinois. They win the conference. No, I mean, Little assuming, Rock. Little Rock. Assuming State and Little Rock don't sweep each other. Yeah. Yep. So, basically, FEMO needs to sweep and they're going to win because I don't see Little Rock or Moorhead sweeping each other. Right. Yep. You're, you're right on that. Pac 12 here. Stanford, three and a half game lead over Oregon State. I think that it's locked up. Yeah, it has to be There's three games left. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know if. Whatever. So yeah, twenty and seven. Well, Stanford. I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of mad that you just did that. What well, makes the reason why? I'll tell you the the reason why is because I don't remember Stanford like making a post saying Pac-12 champs or anything. Yeah, I think they did. Um, Stanford. Oh, I'm sure they did. Order. I'm sure they did. I just don't remember seeing it. Dude, trust your instincts here. Three and a half game lead with three games to go. How the hell do you think they can come over that? For a second, I, I kind of forgot the Pac-12 had a tournament. And I was like, do they play next week? I, I Just because I didn't remember Stanford posting anything about it. But yeah, congrats to Stanford. They won it. Oregon State finishes. Yeah, they, posted, they, they posted Pac-12 champion. Good. Good for them. Oregon State, though, 18 and 12 in the Pac-12. Like That might get them a regional berth. Coming in second. Wait, say that again? Yeah, Oregon State, 18 and 12. I'm not a regional birth, regional hosting spot. I know their RPI is in the 30s, but. With with Western, with Western. Oh, Carolina. you're right. That, that RPI is about to drop again. Yeah. And it's at home. So, yeah, Oregon State not going to be hosting. I'm about to Unless look at. Unless they win the Pac-12 tournament, and then their RPI will skyrocket. Hold on, I'm about to look at impact game for Oregon State. I just want to see. They might have canceled the series against Western. Cancel no. the whole series. It doesn't have any impact games left. So no, it because matter. it's not today. It's only for today only. Oh, uh, we'll have to check on that because I I imagine it's a lose lose for them. Like, even if they win the game, they'll lose like ten RPI points. Yeah. Hey, Army Bucknell in the Patriot Championship Series this weekend. Dude, shout out to Army losing game one to Lehigh and having to win the next two in order to move in a double header to move to the next round. They did that last week. Really, really happy about Army. But yeah, Bucknell, 14 and 11 this year. Army just dominated this conference, but like, can Bucknell pull off the upset two out of three this weekend in the the Patriot League Championship? They played in the Championship Series last year too. It was Bucknell and Army. Yeah, but it was much more evenly matched, right? Like Bucknell actually had a pretty solid team last year. I don't remember. I don't remember. I, 
didn't Buck now make it to a regional in 2021? I don't know, but I'm about to, I just pulled it up right now. I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now who what last year looked like. No, they didn't make Army made it in 2021. Army last year went 18 to 7 in the Patriot League. Yeah, they had a four game over lead. <laughs> Four game lead over Bucknell last year as well, and okay. um, they won the first one in the championship series, lost the second, then winner take all champ final game three, and they won twelve for two. So Army's yeah. been dominating. Yep, SEC right now Arkansas nineteen and eight, and then Florida eighteen and nine. Then you have like LSU at seventeen and nine, Vanderbilt seventeen and ten, but. I mean, it's really going to come down to, like, can Arkansas win the series this weekend against Vanderbilt? If they do that, I think they're in good shape. But – I mean, Florida, Florida, Florida's got Kentucky on the road. Yeah, and, like, that's kind of a, trip, a tricky series there. Like, if Florida sweeps on the road, that would put them at 21-9, and nine, and then Arkansas wins two out of three against Vanderbilt. That'll put them at 21-9, and nine, and they didn't play each other this year, so – it would just be co co champions, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm always a believer in whoever gets the one seed at the regular season champion. I hate co champion. Yeah, I do too. If Everything Vanderbilt, if Vanderbilt sweeps Arkansas, though, if Florida doesn't sweep, then they win the SEC. No, because Florida swept Vanderbilt, so they have the tiebreaker. Yeah, but if. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So basically, Florida needs to lose the series, and Vandy needs to sweep. Yeah. And then LSU. Uh, uh, honestly, LSU just might be out of it. No, not necessarily. They they actually have a better shot than Vanderbilt because they have one less loss. Well, if Vanderbilt win two out of three, they'll be nineteen and eleven. LSU. Would have to sweep. sweep. They'll be twenty and nine. LSU went two out of three. They'll be nineteen and ten. So a lot of things have right. to happen. A lot of things have to happen for Vanderbilt or LSU to 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 win it. Yeah, but so. it doesn't matter. I mean, it really just doesn't no, matter. It doesn't. But I think Florida or Arkansas end up being the champion. Yeah. Southern Conference, the SoCon, our Mercer Bears have a game lead over Samford, and they play each other this weekend in Macon, Georgia. If Sanford wins two out of three, Sanford would win by the tiebreaker. If Mercer wins two out of three or sweeps, then they win. But Wofford completely out of it now, four games back. That's crazy. After Mercer swept Wofford last weekend, which nobody expected. But you know what's funny about Mercer is they're 13-5 and five in SoCon play, and they blew two eight-run leads, one in the ninth and one in the eighth in conference play this year. So hey, then guess what? Nobody cares. I know nobody cares, but they should be 15 and 3 in conference. <laughs> Whatever. Nobody cares. Winner of that series wins win the conference. Yep. And uh, Southland, we have Nichols State looking pretty good. They got a two game lead over Northwestern State and Incarnate Word. So Nichols State is at New Orleans, who's not bad. New Orleans, pretty solid team, good offense. But the magic numbers one. Yep. Coastal and the Sun Belt or Fun Belt, Southern Myth and Coastal. Um, basically, Coastal just needs to match Southern Myth and they have the head to head and they win. That's it. Yeah. Well, actually, let me take that back here real quick because I said, hold on. I said that the magic number for Nichols State is one. 
Well, it's not because Incarnate Word won the series against him this year. So if Incarnate Word sweeps and and Nickel State loses two out of three. Yeah, anyways, anyways, whatever. It doesn't matter, right? Whatever. Um, all, all that does matter is I picked Southeast. I changed my pick from McNeese to Southeastern Louisiana. Southeastern Louisiana is going to finish in last behind Houston last. Christian. Yep. That's disgusting. Yep. Uh, Sun Belt here, we have Southern Miss, Coastal Carolina tied. Coastal Carolina has Marshall, who's in dead last. Southern Miss has Louisiana, who's in third place, three games back. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb here and say Coastal's going to win the regular season title. Right. I, I, I don't think Southern Miss will sweep Louisiana. If they do, I mean, basically, Coastal needs to lose one game to Marshall for Southern Miss to even have a shot because yep. Coastal has the tiebreaker over them. The SWAC is over with Alabama State 24 and 3. They ran through Give that me the Hornets. Give yep. me them Hornets. That's my preseason pick, and bang, we hit another one. <laughs> Oral Roberts, you hit this one too. I think I did as well. Oral Roberts, five and a half. No, we summer. both took Omaha. Oh, wait, um, no, we switched. We switched to Oral Roberts. We switched after like the first two weekends. Yep. And then um, West Coast Conference. Loyola Marymount has a two and a half game lead over San Diego. Do they have a conference tournament? I think they do, right? Of course they do. Yeah. So basically, if Loyola Marymount beats Pacific, who's in last place with one game, then they win the conference. And then the WAC. The WAC got a little interesting here. Sam Houston State only a game and a half lead over Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon's won 10 straight games. They're looking good again. I still think Sam Houston, like magic numbers one here. I mean, for they them. have they have the head to head, so it's magic number is one. Yeah. And they have they're at Tarleton State, which they should win a game there pretty easily. So yeah, <laughs> yep. that's that's all 30 conferences. We just rolled through it. And uh and there's a lot of games to keep an eye on this weekend. Because regular season championships do matter. They do matter. They do matter. Um, hey, so real quick. This isn't our picks that we adjusted. This is just our straight up preseason picks. Okay, go through. Florida State. We picked. We both picked Florida State. So we um, should have skipped over that. We we didn't have to say that. They were the worst team in the ACC by far. American the AAC. You picked East Carolina. I picked UCF. I swung in a miss. You're still alive. America East. I picked Binghamton. You take New Jersey Institute. I think we're both dead there. Dead. Um. A Sun, you took Liberty, you're dead. I took Florida Gulf Coast. I'm still alive. A ten, we both took Davison, technically still alive. Well, no, they're in Big first 12, place. So yeah, they, they Big Twelve, we both we both didn't get it right. You took TCU, I took Oklahoma State. Big you're kind East, of alive. Kind of. Kind of, kind of. Um, Big East, you took UConn, I took Creighton. You win, you're alive, I'm out. Yep. Big South, we both took Campbell, pretty on the board. Well, technically not kind 100% of. yet. Yeah. Big Ten, you took Nebraska. They're done. I took nope. Maryland. They're not done. They're two games back. There could be some craziness. Oh, They're done. Not dead. Maryland's got Penn State. They need to just they just need to win two. Uh, basically, just win two, and they win. Big West, you took Santa Barbara. I took Fullerton. Both are still alive. Yep. Colonial. I took. We both took Charleston. Both still alive. 
Conference USA, we're both done. You took UTSA, I took FAU, done. Horizon, slam dunk. We both took Rice State. That one's over. We won that one. Ivy League, you took Columbia, I took Penn. I won that. Metro Atlantic, you took Fairfield and I took Ryder. Both still alive. Both half a game out. Missouri Valley, we both took Evansville. That's dead. Mountain West. Wait, what about Seven, what about the Mac? You skipped over the Mac. Oh, oh yeah. Um, you took Ball State. I took Kent State. So that one's still very much kind of alive. Even though Kent State just needs one. Yeah. Um, Mountain West. You took Fresno. They're dead. I took UNLV. They're dead. Fresno's Northeast, not dead. Fresno's a game and a half out. Well, come on, they're dead. They're <laughs> it's over. Northeast, you took Wagner. I took Long Island. We're both dead. Ohio Valley, you I don't know where, what you were thinking with this one, but you took the Screaming Eagles of Southern Indiana, and they're dead. I took SEMO, very much alive. Pac-12, we both hit a winner. Stanford. Patriot League, we both took Army. Winner. Ah, yeah, winner. They won the regular season. SEC, we both took Tennessee. So that's interesting because Tennessee, we were like, oh shit, what a terrible pick. They just they, we they were just too too young in the beginning of the year. <coughs> yeah, they just didn't have the pitching figured out. Yeah. SoCon, I took Wofford, dead. You took Mercer, pretty very much alive. Southland, I took McNeese, they're dead. You took Houston Christian, dead. Fun belt, we both took Georgia Southern, so dead. Swack. You took Florida A&M, and I took Alabama State. Put it on the board, Alabama State. <laughs> Summit League, Omaha, we both swung in a minute. West Coast, you took BYU. I took San Diego. Both you're, dead. No, you're kind of alive. If San Diego's kind sweeps. of dude, it's over. They're not going to win. <laughs> and then the whack, we both took Grand Canyon, basically dead. Yep. Dude, we didn't, even hit, we didn't even hit close to 50%. Yeah, we suck. Wow, that was bad. Hey, by the way, your Golden Spikes preseason team, Yo-Yo Morales, Colton Ledbetter, Matt Etzel, Jacob Wilson, and Wyatt Langford. I took Braden Montgomery, Enrique Bradfield, Dole Lander, Chase Davis, and Dylan Cruz. You're going to probably end up winning. With I mean, Dylan Cruz is going to probably end up winning, but my team overall beats your team overall. No chance. What do you mean? Okay, Brady Montgomery is, I think, doing just as well offensively as Morales. I'm not for sure, but I think Montgomery got like 15 homers. Enrique Bradfield, Colton Ledbetter. We'll give it to Ledbetter. Dole Lander and Matt Essel. You call that a push. Yeah, we'll call that a push. Chase Davis and Jacob Wilson. Chase Davis kind of smacking. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Then Dylan Cruz, Wyatt Langford. I win that one. So, but if Wyatt Langford wouldn't have gotten hurt, like their numbers are pretty uh, similar. Uh, I don't care. You you got to make adjustment. <laughs> but anyway, that's that. So nice. Well, let's do our yeah. Let's let's do our weekend series pick them. We'll start here with Kent State at Ball State. I got to go with Ball State here. I picked them to win the the conference regular season. If they sweep, they will win it. I'm going to take Ball State at home, even though I love Kent State. I think they're a dangerous team. 
All right. Let me write it down. Benny Ball game going with the Ball State. I am taking Kent State. Give me the flash it. Sticking with my preseason pick. There's no reason why to change it now. Yep. All right. Samford at Mercer. Uh, you know who my, I'm picking Mercer. You want me to, the I'm making my pick here. I'm taking Mercer. Senior year, it was Samford versus Mercer at home at the Claude. Winner won the regular season title. I think Mercer that we don't lose at home. When when this much on the line, the Bears don't lose at home. So yep. give me my Mercer Bears. I think this is their first regular season title chance since I was a senior in 2017. And so I know they made the tournament in 19, but they've usually finished like third or fourth most years. Anyways, uh, Duke at Miami. I'm I, I I'm off of Duke right now. I, I love I, I love Miami at home. Give me the Hurricanes. Throw up to you. Give me Miami at home. Um, they, they should not lose this series. Duke is trending downward. Miami has been pretty consistent all year. If your name is not Virginia or Wake Forest or Florida, um, they win that series. So, and they're at home. They play really well. Give me Miami. Yep. All right, Arkansas at Vanderbilt. I like Arkansas. I like Arkansas because Vanderbilt is struggling with pitching right now. They are low, 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 low on pitching right now. Yeah, I, I like them. Brady Tiger back in the rotation. Probably won't be on a pitch count. Give me Arkansas. Mm, this is this is if it would add Arkansas, I would I would literally spray the button slamming Arkansas. But <laughs> if in Nashville, Vandy's lost. Back-to-back series, they're one and five in their last six SEC game, but they're they're finally at home. They were on the road at Alabama and at Florida. Give me Vandy, Vandy at home. All right, Tennessee at South Carolina. This one's tough because give me Tennessee. Tennessee sucks on the road, but South Carolina is dog water right now. They're garbage. They can't pitch. Tennessee is trending upward. I know they're on the road, but give me Tennessee on the road. Dude, that see, this is so tricky because you're right. Like Tennessee on the road is terrible this year. They're just a completely different team. South Carolina is a completely different team than what we saw earlier in the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna take South Carolina. I'm gonna take them because maybe Charlotte was a wake up call. Like I know they've had wake up calls, but like maybe that was the final straw. Like, yo, like this just cannot happen. We got to turn our season around. This is for a regional hosting spot. I'm going to take South Carolina to win two out of three. I know they're getting guys back in the lineup from injury. I think Vitello is going to walk in that clubhouse. And this is the only thing he needs to say to that team. Do you want a regional at Lindsey Nelson Stadium? Yes. Get your spikes on and go out there. If you don't want a regional at Lindsey Nelson, stick your ass in this clubhouse. All weekend, you're not playing. Do you want a regional, Lindsey Nelson? Get your ass out there. I hope Mark Kingston does something similar. <laughs> I mean, that's all. I mean, Mark Kingston, hey, guys. You know what we got on the line this weekend. <laughs> hey, give it your best shot. I'm proud of you guys. Fantastic season. Let, let, let's go get one more. Which one do you want to play for? You want to play for Vitello or you want to play for Mark Kingston this weekend? Yeah, but I mean, listen. You want to play for Tony Vitello this weekend? That's it. That's only one answer. 
I know. I just hope that Tennessee knows how to like get off the bus because they've they've struggled. Very good with point. That. Very good they've point. They need to that. get their asses off the bus. Yeah. Show up for BP on time. Um. Don't be sitting there eating that intercon- intercontinental bre- whatever the hell it's called continental breakfast all morning. Get your ass up. Get that breakfast in. Fuel up and get your ass in the ballpark. Let's go volunteers. <laughs> all right. Last series, West Virginia at Texas. I like Texas this weekend to win two out of three because what's going to happen is West Virginia just needs they just need one win to win the Big Twelve. They'll get that one win and shut it down. If they win Friday night, put your life savings on Texas on Saturday. If West Virginia wins Friday night and win the Big Twelve title, you know they're going to be going and smacking and dancing on some Texas girls Friday night in downtown Austin. <laughs> they are going to go out and party, and they're going to bring the little Big 12 trophy with them and show everybody, hey, we run the Big 12 this year. Yeah. And Texas is going to come back and win the next two. That's just how it goes. So, oh, man, this is tough because can Texas sweep? There's no way. Yep, I'm going Texas. All right. There's no uh, way West Virginia uh, – because I think West Virginia loses one. They're definitely – if they win one, they're definitely going to lose the next one. It's the third game that I'm worried about. Because te- game three on Sunday, both West Virginia's got all the momentum because they're like Big 12 champs. Texas like, damn, let's just go to the tournament and, let's you know, season's over. Regular season's over. So there's two ways to go about this. Yeah. Give me, give me Texas at home. They've got pride. I, I think that team's got enough pride. I think so too. And if you just like think about it, Texas at home, like they usually win these series for the most part. Like I'll trust the Longhorns. But yeah, anyways, like right. I, the biggest storyline here is I have to go four and two to be five hundred this year. Oh my goodness! This yeah. is a huge weekend for you. Yeah, I'm nervous. I took five home teams and then Arkansas. What? I've got four four home teams and two road teams. And yeah. one of them is probably one of the worst road teams in the country. Yeah. So, what's my record right now? My record is 48. No, what is my record? Um, I'll tell you right now because I know everybody cares about my record. My record is, damn, Ben, I was on you. I had to go all the way. 48 and 28. And you are 37 and 39. I've got an 11-game lead over you. Get you some of that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I'm pretty embarrassed by it, but I gotta face the facts. Hey, I gotta, I gotta be four and two to get to to 500 this hey, year. Your your eyes are on the 2024 season, huh? Yeah. Listen, we we tanked this year to get ready for next year. Last year was a championship year. I, I dominated. So yeah, I'm on to 2024. Maybe I'll give you a two game lead next year to start the year. Maybe <laughs> I'll let you start. I'll let you start two and zero to start the year. No, don't do that. We'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll uh, circle back on that. Yeah. Anyways, let's go ahead and end the show there. We'll be back Sunday night. We're going to talk about conference tournaments. There's going to be a ton of them. We'll recap the weekend. There'll be a ton of them. Uh, and also, then one more thing: we will not have we will not have a conference uh, conference tournament challenge and a postseason bracket challenge. This shit is just too hard for me to build. I I. I just can't do it. I have too many other things to do and get ready for it for the postseason. I just don't have the time. And honestly, I don't think I have the mental brain power to build that thing. So next year, 
we are going to hire somebody. If that's something that you do, you're capable of doing, please reach out. We definitely would love to talk to you. Um, if that's in your area of work, we will pay you a, a pretty penny to build us a super sweet bracket and all that stuff. Yeah. But this year, we're not going to be able to do it. So D1 Baseball, this is my plug to them. They have a bracket challenge. It's always been good. I've never had problems with it. I love it. So head over there and make your um, to do your brackets this postseason because I just can't build it. We just can't do it this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. Next year will be a lot better, though. Um, but, yeah, we'll be back. And then starting you know, conference tournament and regional time, we might bump it up to three days a week for podcasts just to keep everybody up to date. But hey, it's best time of the year, man. I'm so excited. Hey, look at us. Next episode we record, it will be literally the postseason. Yeah. Look at us. We made it again. Five years. No, 2019, 2020, 2021, 22. Wow. We just finished our fifth season, regular season. Also, Sunday's my birthday. So today's your birthday? No, Sunday. Sunday's my birthday. Oh, Sunday. Okay, perfect. We'll have we'll have a birthday podcast. Birthday podcast. We'll have a we'll have a birthday, uh, we'll have a birthday party on on episode. Turning 28, Um, man. 28 father. Hey, here's the five more years, huh? Five more years. Jesus, man. It's been a wild ride. But anyways, uh, y'all take care. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be keeping you guys posted. Weekend series this week, Thursday through Saturday. Uh, I forgot to mention that for most teams. Thursday through Saturday, not not Friday through Sunday. That is correct. Y'all enjoy it. Have a weekend. We won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi. uh, We did it. uh, We're national champs. Breaking ball. Oh, my goodness. Deep right field. A grand slam. Base hit. Arkansas. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone. The legend continues. Got him swinging. The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. Hispanic Titanic with a blast again.